go. Hey, it is good to be with all of you here in this moment, especially because my family is finally here. No longer in Maryland. They are in the Ville. They are in this building. They are sitting right up there on the balcony. If you're sitting back there, this is why we want you to come up because you can't see them. But there they are. <clears throat> so give them a good, give them a good razz later. They'll take it. <clears throat> so my name is Anthony Dunning. I'm the director of local outreach here at OCC. And I, I'd want to say I'm, I'm nervously excited to be here and talk with you. I'm not nervous in the fact that, oh my gosh, I'm standing in front of all of you. Like, I'm fine with that. I could, I could talk all day and make you miss lunch and then you would be angry and hungry and hangry, I believe, is a very ungodly thing. So we don't want that to happen, right? Uh, and nervous may not be the best word. It's, it's probably the best I could come up with, uh, To say that the topic that I'm going to talk about today, I'll be the first to admit, I'm not great at it. And I know there's some some of you warriors out there that, that are awesome, and I'm jealous of that. But I think most of us would probably admit that we're not great at what I'm going to talk about today either. We're going to talk about prayer. And I think most of us would probably say, oh, I wish I wish I prayed more. Or I wish uh, that, that I, I prayed more often, what, whatever it may be. But let me tell you, here's what I'm not going to do today. I'm not going to stand up here for the next 25, 30 minutes and tell you that you should pray more. Because that's, that's not what the direction we're going to go on, on prayer today. I think we would all say we need to pray more. And I know sometimes I miss opportunities where I wish I would have prayed. Man, if I would have, if I would have prayed in that moment, right? We all have that. So if we're going to talk about prayer, we should pray. Let's do that right now. Jesus, prayer is such a powerful opportunity we have to talk to you. To confess, to ask, to praise, to laugh and cry. So I pray we all begin to understand what it looks like to pray. How our prayers should be coupled with faith. How important it is to talk to you. Prayer can be part of our spiritual lives that at times can be missed. At times can be a habit we don't put much thought into. So help us to know and remember that every time we come to you in prayer, it's important and powerful and holy. Amen. Hey, today we're going to finish up this big, long series that we've been doing in the book of James. Uh, So if you have a Bible, if you've got the Bible phone on your app, go ahead and pull that out. We're going to be in James chapter 5, starting at verse 13. If you don't have a Bible and you're sitting here with us... There's Bibles in front of you in the chair back. Maybe not for you because you're up front. But in the chair backs, there are Bibles. Uh, We want you to take that. So if you don't own a Bible, that is yours. Take it. Put your name in it. If you don't have a pen, ask your neighbor to borrow one. And then write in it, highlight in it. Whatever you want to do, that Bible is yours to keep. If you're watching us online, 
please make sure that you're at live.okalonacc.org. There at the bottom of your screen is a tab that says notes. We have already preloaded all of the scripture and main points that we're, that we're going to use. You can add your own notes to that, download it, print it off, whatever you want to do. So we have multiple opportunities for you to be able to connect with, with Jesus and God in his word and to follow along today. Let me put this question out in front of you. What is more important? How often we pray or how we pray? Now, wanting to pray more is great. But I would say this, it's not about how often we pray, but it's about how we pray. See, I think sometimes we, we wonder too much, did I pray enough? You know, if I just would have prayed more, more people praying, great. But I don't think there's a system where based on the type of prayer determines on how many times you should pray. I don't think God is going to say no if we only pray once or twice as opposed to 10 times or more. I just don't think it works that way. I can remember times as a young high school boy. Yes, I did say boy. Praying for all kinds of things. Lord, help me win this wrestling match I'm about to do. Uh, There was the, Lord, if you could help me not fail this English test for this book that we were supposed to read. And the only part I did was the title on the outside of the front cover. It's a true, true story. Very several times. True story. Lord, if you could just have this girl like me back. If I was at a track meet, uh, Lord, help me beat Jeremy Creed in the 400. And those were prayers that I would say over and over and over again. And saying them now out loud, they sound silly. But was I wrong or out of place for saying those prayers or praying about those things? No. Let me tell you another story. Back in May of 2018, I posted... To Facebook a quote I heard from a sermon preached about what or who controls your life based on what or who you are following. And the preacher had said this, non-Christians follow cravings, Christians follow Christ, which is controlling your life. And sitting through the whole sermon and getting the entire context of what this quote was about, I thought, Man, what a great statement. So I posted it to Facebook. And I should have added some more context of my own to explain what that quote was about. Something along the lines of, of, look, Christians or non-Christians, we all fall into temptation. But it's about who we're following that helps us get through that or not. But anyway, I posted it to Facebook and just left it hanging out there. And my uncle, who lives in San Francisco and is Buddhist, he replied to the post with a comment that very obviously uh, showed his disapproval and how he was offended by it. 
And it, it, I was sad, to say the least. And I didn't want to get into a Facebook fight with him, especially being family where we post back and forth. You've seen it. So I, I left it alone. A year later, Facebook pops up on my memory wall. For those of you who have Facebook, you know how it does it. Hey, remember this five years ago? Remember this so many years ago? Well, that popped up. And when I saw it, I was again, I was, I was sad. My heart was heavy about the post that my uncle had put on there. And so the year later, I prayed. And I prayed that some piece of my uncle's heart was pierced by that quote. But I also prayed for the opportunity to have, that I should have taken advantage of back then, but to have the opportunity to be able to explain and give him more clarification on on what that quote meant. And then, and that was it. I just prayed. I didn't call him. I didn't text him. The next day, like I would normally do every day, I went in and looked at my emails that I had. No expectation to see anything from my uncle. But there it was. There was that email from my uncle the next day. The crazy thing is I looked at the timestamp of when that email came through. It was about one hour right after I prayed the prayer the day before. So God gave me the opportunity. And I opened up that email and, and my uncle, he, he said, hey, do you remember this? I was hurt by this. So long story short, I emailed him back. I explained what the quote meant and I told him that I loved him. He emailed back, said, thanks for explaining. I love you too. Now, I wish I could wrap up that story with the, with the hair tingling, raising feeling that said that was the moment that he came to know Jesus. It wasn't. He still doesn't. And he's still in my thoughts and prayers and all of our family that one day that could happen. <clears throat> so what was the difference between the prayers like asking me to help beat Jeremy Creed or the one about my uncle? And by the way, Jeremy Creed was number one in the state. The difference was faith. Now, did I honestly believe that it was God's miraculous power surging through my body, causing me to run faster? No. Did I honestly believe that it was the months and months of training and all the work that I had put in to strengthen my muscles... The, the ligaments and the tendons that surrounded all of that, that all worked in, in unison together to help me run to my fastest potential. Yes. Were my prayers about beating Jeremy void of faith? Not, not necessarily. But I wouldn't say that it was coupled with the faith that I had that God could work in my prayer about my uncle. Was there a possibility that the next day when I had opened up my email that there would not be one from my uncle? Absolutely. Oh, and by the way, I beat Jeremy Creed. 
twice. (laughs) Here's my point. Being a person of prayer is being a doer of the word. It is faith in action. It is faithfully praying for God to move and being willing to put in the work if need be. And does this sound familiar? Doer of the word? If you remember weeks ago before Jonathan went on sabbatical, this is what he preached. To be a doer of the word. He pointed out to us James chapter 2 verse 17 which says, So also faith, if it does not have works, is dead being by itself. Works is an action. Prayer is an action. Our actions should be coupled with faith. One doesn't work well without the other. So if according to this verse, we're supposed to be doers of the word, then what does the word tell us to do when it comes to prayer? Second Chronicles chapter 7. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Ephesians 6, 18. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Matthew 5, 44. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Matthew 26. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Romans 12, 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Luke 18. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Philippians 4, 6. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray continually. That's the whole verse. Two words. Powerful two-word verse every time. Every time something is here or here, pray. James 5, 16, the section we're looking at today. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And look at this last part. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous person. The prayer of a faithful person. The prayer of a faithful person is powerful and effective. And if we looked even deeper at all of those verses that I just mentioned, we would see this common stream of faith through all of those. So what does this effective prayer look like that James talks about in verse 16? I think if we look at all the surrounding verses, James gives us kind of the pieces that we need. First, we need to identify our prayer. Are we praying for the sick? Are we praying for us or someone in trouble? Are we confessing sin? 
Is it a happy prayer? And, and we are giving praise. We see these examples in James chapter 5 starting at verse 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Which is a form of prayer. Is anyone among you sick? Let the elders call. Let, the, let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them. Second, we need to offer prayer in faith. Because prayer backed by faith gets things done. It's almost like the squeaky wheel gets the grease. But we're not bugging God until he's on his last nerve. James 5.15 says, And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up if they have sinned. They will be forgiven. Prayer offered in faith. Because prayer backed by faith gets things done. Prayer backed by faith gets things done. Prayer, an action word, a work word, a doer of the word word backed by faith gets things done. It gets God's attention. Now, I'm I'm not, listen to what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that God only listens to or acts on certain prayers. What I am saying is that all of our prayers are heard and are answered by God. And as Christ followers, all of our prayers should be coupled with faith in Jesus. From bless this food to Heal my sick friend. Here at OCC, we believe in servant leadership. Which means if we're going to ask you to do something, that we should be willing and better be doing it too. And prayer is one of those things. And let me say, one of the things that I have been most impressed with since coming on board here at OCC is that this staff prays. This staff prays. We pray with each other. Sometimes that's one-on-one in somebody's office. We pray for our community. And sometimes that's physically going out and walking the neighborhood and praying over the houses or apartment buildings. We pray for the organizations that we partner with that bring hope and healing to the people of Louisville. This staff prays. Every week on Wednesdays, we meet as a staff. One Wednesday is spiritual development, staff development. We're going through, we're going to talk about a book we're reading through. The other Wednesday is prayer. So every other Wednesday, we're doing nothing but praying. So believe me that when, when we are asking you to pray, when we are up here preaching about prayer, when we are posting to social media to pray, we are doing it too. This staff prays. And it is an awesome thing. Third, we need to pray earnestly. 
We will see some examples of this in a minute of earnest prayers. But I want to focus on this word earnestly and kind of define what that means. With sincere and intense conviction. And to be serious. So prayer is not a joke. It's not something we do to just check off the boxes. And this morning I brushed my teeth, check. This morning I prayed, check. And then we're done. It doesn't work that way. We saw First Thessalonians pray continuously. So it's not a once a day thing. It's not a once a week thing. It's an all the time thing. We also see it in James 5.17. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain for three and a half years. All this points to the fact that prayer is an active thing. It's not, I'm sorry, prayer is not a passive thing. It's active. Again, we go back to James 2.17, that faith without works is dead. And if I'm telling you that prayer, a work, should be backed by faith, then prayer is an active thing. When we look back at these verses again, James shows us the action that we are to take. In this section we are looking at, there's eight verses. Six of them have the word pray or prayer in them. So it's important. If I just stand here and do nothing, say nothing, I'm I'm not necessarily praying. Prayer is an active thing. It's something that we do. So listen what James says in these verses. If anyone is in trouble, pray. That's an action. If anyone is happy, sing songs of praise. That's an action. If anyone is sick, pray over them, anoint them. That's an action. If anyone has sinned, confess. That's an action. Prayer is not a passive thing. It's active. Verses 17 and 18 use an example from Elijah And Elijah didn't just pray, he prayed. It says he earnestly prayed that there would be no rain and that a drought would happen. And it did for three and a half years. And then when that time was up, he prayed again and boom, rain. Now what what James doesn't talk about is in between, it's a It's a big, long story. In between the no rain pray and the let's have rain prayer is this other story where Elijah takes on the prophets of Baal. And it is because of Elijah's faith and earnest prayer that God shows up in a big, big way. Really cool way, too. You want to know how? 1 Kings 18, look it up. Now, I'm not saying we don't have some level of conviction behind our prayers. But when was the last time that our prayer caused a three and a half year drought? When was the last time 
that our prayer caused an entire city's city walls to come crumbling down just by walking around them? How about the earnest prayer done by a woman who so badly wanted to have a child that she had to wait seven years before it happened? But it happened because she earnestly prayed. Or how about the prayer that was done so earnestly that sweat became drops of blood? Now, can we earnestly pray for the meal God has blessed us with? You bet. Will he bless that meal to the nourishment of our bodies? Maybe. Can we earnestly pray for our finances to be in a better place? Yeah. And will our money become better and we can then afford what we need? Maybe. Especially if we put in the work to make it that way. See, now we're dipping into what, when, and how God decides to answer prayer. And I know we've had prayers where, for example, we we pray for our friend who is suffering with cancer and they don't get healed. And those prayers, you felt like, man, I'm, I'm praying this prayer back by so much faith. So to not chase a rabbit trail, let me say this. God wants us to pray. God wants us to earnestly pray with faith. And God will answer prayers based on his holy and divine will and his plan. See, earnestly is not just a word James uses to get his point across. It's a description of the kind of prayer that should be done. Should be done is a phrase of action. So an earnest prayer is an action. It's being a doer. It's coupling your faith. It's coupling your prayer with faith, which James also alludes to as an action. So your prayer is powerful and effective. Remember what he said in James 5.16, the prayer of a righteous person, a faithful person, is powerful and effective. So why all this talk over the last 10 weeks on the book of James? Why does it matter to consider trials and temptations pure joy? Why does it matter to be doers of the word? Why does it matter that we don't judge or show favoritism? Why does it matter if our actions are in line with what we believe? Why does it matter what words we use? Why does it matter if we use godly wisdom? Why does it matter if we are friends of Jesus and not the world? Why does it matter if we do good? Why does it matter if we are patient as Christians? Why does it matter that we offer prayer backed by faith? Because of the final two verses of the entire book of James. That says this. My brothers and sisters... If one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude 
of sins. We are going to have moments where we move a little farther away from God. There will be times in people's lives where they fall so hard in temptation that sin takes over. There's going to be times, maybe even where we wander so far from the truth that coming back to God isn't even a blip on the radar. So why in these final two verses is there not mention of prayer? What do, what do we do with that? What are we supposed to do when James says pray, 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 pray and then we got these two verses that don't say pray? James is telling us in these final two verses, he is telling us what we can do if we stay fervent in prayer. He's telling us what we can do if we put into practice everything that he has talked about in the last five and a half chapters of his book. That if we pray, 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 live like Jesus, pray some more, that we can bring a sinner back But look at this, Okolona. Those last two verses. If we were to say those verses in today's language, in the year 2022 language, in OCC language, what can we do if we do everything that James talked about in five chapters? We can help everyone find and follow Jesus. So why have we done this expository sermon on the entire book of James? That's why. <laughs>